0: Would you bow your hearts together with me in prayer? Father, so many times and so many ways we forget how blessed we are. You remind us in your word that many are called, but few are chosen. And so we thank you, Lord, that your sweet Holy Spirit is speaking to each of us. To remind us that Heavenly Father has a desire for each of us, and that is that we be a part of Your family, and that we rejoice in the privilege to share You with others. And so, realizing the importance of what we're about to study from Your Word, I again offer myself as a vessel, afresh and anew into Your hands at this very moment. Please cleanse me with the washing of the blood of your dear Son. And please anoint me with the power of your sweet Holy Spirit so that the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart will be acceptable in your sight. So that your purpose, your desired purpose, might be accomplished for each of us as individuals, as families, and as a church collective. Because this prayer, I pray, and praises for victories I give in Christ's name. Amen. Today we're looking at the importance of being a root-concerned people. After viewing the rebellion of Lucifer against the Creator and Satan's assault against the Christ and his people, John was allowed to see that As bad as things will be in the time of the end, there will be a special people. A special people who have been called for a special time to share a special message. And the special people are referred to as the remnant seed of the woman. Revelation chapter 12 and verse 17 And the dragon was wroth with the woman and went to make war with the remnant of her seed. And notice the characteristics which keep the commandments of God and have the testimony of Jesus Christ. In every generation since the fall and sin of Adam and Eve, there have always been those few individuals who refuse to bend or to bow To the enemy of God and the enemy of the human family. And because of their stand for truth, they have suffered persecution. My brothers and sisters, if God's people are to carry out the dynamic presentation of the three angels' message for these last days, we must allow God's sweet Holy Spirit. To refresh in our minds and in our hearts the challenge of continuing to make our calling and our election sure. And a proper understanding of what God desires for us will both ensure our security and also our effectiveness. And so with this burning deep in my spirit, I want to share... With us, communicate with us for the next two weeks a passage from the book of Isaiah, Isaiah chapter 37, verses 31 and 32. And the remnant that is escaped of the house of Judah shall again, and I want you to underscore these words take root downward and bear fruit upward. For out of Jerusalem shall go forth a remnant, and they that escape out of Mount Zion, the zeal of the Lord of hosts, shall do this. Now, at the time of this chapter, Shennekerab, the king of Assyria, has boasted of his might and his achievements as he's lifting his arm against the people of God, the people of Judah. After hearing that message of intent to destroy them, the Bible records that King Hezekiah went into the house of God, and there he engaged in fervent prayer. And immediately, Isaiah was sent to Hezekiah with a prophecy, with a message of hope. And that message of hope, that prophecy was that the army of Shennacherib would not succeed. Look at Isaiah 37 and verse 33. Therefore, thus saith the Lord of hosts concerning the king of Assyria, he shall not come into the city, nor shoot an arrow there, nor come before it with shields, nor cast a bank against it. And to King Hezekiah, it must have been a glorious day when he received the report of how the angel of the Lord had slain 185,000 of the army of Assyria. And the king had fled back to Nineveh, thus fulfilling the prophecy that God gave to him to share. And my friends, I am convicted in my intellect and I'm convinced in my emotions that God will once again do this for the remnant seed of the woman. Because just when it seems as though the prince of this world is about ready to destroy the faithful, Jesus and all the holy angels of heaven are going to descend with a shout. And the Bible says, they shall slay the wicked with the brightness of of his coming. There's no doubt about that. But until then, what should be occupying your attention and my attention? Until then, what should we be concerned about as individuals, as families, and as a church collective? Would you allow me the privilege to slightly paraphrase Isaiah 37 and verse 31? To put it in the context of Revelation. And the remnant that remains of the woman must and shall again take root downward. I appreciate so very much the scriptures being projected behind me. But for those of you that are following in your Bibles, I invite you to turn with me to the book of Colossians chapter 2. You see, you and I need to let our voices ring clear with the sounds of victory as we looked at in our last presentation because we can win. Sure, the enemy is succeeding in gathering some who exist along the wayside, some who are existing in the stony and and thorny places, but there is a group of people, a group of people. Who know beyond a shadow of a doubt that Satan is lifting his crooked arm for one last attack against the remnant seed of Jesus Christ. And this knowledge is serving to drive us to our knees and we're crying out for strength to endure unto the end. Because we know it's not to the one that starts out in the way but to the one that endures unto the end the same shall be saved. You see, it would greatly please your enemy and my enemy if he could spoil us through philosophy and vain deceit so that the traditions of men and the elements of this world would cause us to forget our heritage. And I'm convicted in my intellect, and I'm convinced in my emotions, if ever there existed a time in our generation When the challenge expressed by the Apostle Paul in Colossians 2, verses 6 and 7, needs to be heeded, it's the day in which you and I are living. Listen to what God's sweet spirit said to that generation, and God's sweet spirit is saying to our generation today. Colossians 2, verses 6 and 7. As you have therefore received Christ Jesus the Lord... So walk you in Him. Not in the traditions of this world, not in the philosophies of mankind, but God has called you and God has called me to walk in Jesus Christ. And if there's someone were about to ask, well, how do we do that? Notice this next word rooted. May I say it again? Rooted. May I say it one more time? Rooted and built up in him and established in the faith as you have been taught. And I encourage you to underscore for the rest of your life in living these next words. Abounding therein with thanksgiving. And so the question I'm asking myself today and I'm asking you is this. Are you abounding with thanksgiving in what you have been taught, what I have been taught? By way of personal observation, I am moved to remind us of three vital areas today that we must have reconfirmed in our minds and in our hearts so that we may truly abound therein with thanksgiving. First of all, we must take root downward in respect to the Savior. Many of our church members can quote the Ten Commandments and believe that they are necessary. But I have discovered that there are a number of individuals who actually have their names on church rolls. And I'm not being critical. I'm not being judgmental here. But there are some who have their names on church rolls who do not seem to have a living, vibrant relationship with the Savior, Jesus Christ. Can it be? Can it really be that we need to be reminded that Jesus is the only door into the sheepfold of Heavenly Father? Can it be? Can it really be that we need to be reminded that unless a man or woman, boy or girl is born again through the precious blood of Jesus Christ, that individual cannot enter into the kingdom of God? Can it be? Can it really be that we need to be reminded of the discourse Jesus had with Nicodemus? John chapter 3 I read verses 3 and 5, and Jesus answered and said to Nicodemus, verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man, except a woman, except a young person be born again, that individual cannot see the kingdom of God. Is there anybody else here besides me that wants to see the kingdom of God? We do, don't we? And Jesus said, unless we are born again, we cannot see the kingdom of God. And then he continued, except a man, a woman, a young person be born of water and of the spirit, that individual cannot enter into the kingdom of God. You see, we not only want to see the kingdom of God, we want to enter into the kingdom of God, don't we? And Jesus said, we must be born again. You see, my friends, it's the Savior who brings us into the family of God. It was the Savior who called this church at University Parkway into existence. And it must be upon the Savior that we stand. You remember the words of that blessed old hymn? On Christ, the solid rock, I stand. All other ground is sinking sand. All other ground is sinking sand. Why? Because Jesus is not only the author, he's also the sustainer and the finisher of our faith. How rightly the poet expressed what must and shall be revived in these troublesome days. Only Jesus can satisfy your soul. Only he can change your heart and make you whole. He'll give you peace you never knew love and joy and heaven too. You see, only Jesus can satisfy our soul. And you and I, my brothers and sisters, should be praising God for what we have been taught about the Savior. And may we begin to abound more and more in what we have been taught. Secondly, We must take root downward in respect to the sanctuary. What I'm about to say is not meant to be critical and it's not meant to be judgmental. But there are some of our number who seem to be walking the pathway of anxiety concerning the future. Can it be, can it really be, that if we will allow the beautiful truth... Are the sanctuary ministry of our Savior who is in heaven to be more of a part of our assurance that less of our time will be spent in worry? I believe so. Hebrews chapter 8. Hebrews chapter 8, verses 1 and 2. Now of the things which we have spoken, this is the sum. I love those words. The writer said, you can take everything that I have said, everything that I have written, and this is the sum of it. This is the totality of it. And as if someone is about to ask, well, what is the sum of what you have said and what you've written to us? He responds, we have such a high priest who is set on the right hand of the throne of the majesty in heaven's. A minister of the sanctuary and of the true tabernacle, which the Lord pitched and not man. (laughs) May I say hallelujah about now? (laughs) Hallelujah for this assurance. Hebrews chapter 9 verse 11. But Christ, being come and high priest of good things to come, By a greater and more perfect tabernacle, not made with hands, that is to say, not of this building. Hebrews 9, 24. For Christ is not entered into the holy places made with hands, which are the figures of the true, but into heaven itself. And as if someone is about to ask and pose the question, why? Why? Why has Jesus ascended to heaven? Why is Jesus sitting at the right hand of the throne of majesty? Listen to the response. Now, to appear in the presence of God. But notice there's not a period there. Why is Jesus appearing in the presence of God for us Jesus is appearing in the presence of God for you, and Jesus is appearing in the presence of God for me right now. And my brothers and sisters, to allow Satan to destroy our faith in the Savior who is ministering in our behalf in the heavenly sanctuary is to forfeit the very pillow that can sustain us and give us hope for the dreadful days that you and I are facing. We have a great high priest. A great high priest who is touched with the feelings of our infirmities. And the Bible says our great high priest will not allow us to go through more than we can tolerate because he is interceding for us. Let the critics speak what they will. Let the skeptics pen and write their words of slander. But as for the remnant seed of the woman, we must... And we shall continue to seek our roots downward in the fact that there is a special ministry of Christ taking place right now at this moment that will determine the reward Heavenly Father will give to you and Heavenly Father will give to me. And you and I should be praising God for what we have been taught and we should be abounding with thanksgiving in the sanctuary Message Third, not only must we take root downward in the Savior, not only must we take root downward in the sanctuary, but we must take root downward in respect to the Sabbath. I believe with all of my mind and all of my heart that this is the hour to reconfirm our allegiance to follow God all the way. And it is no light thing after we have been exposed to the truth of the Bible Sabbath to disregard that sacred day of rest and reflection. A sacred day that was given at the time of creation as a continual reminder of God's desire to provide all of our needs according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. Question, does the fact that you and I choose to obey God and show our love for him by keeping holy the Sabbath day make us a weird people? I don't believe it makes me weird, but I tell you what I believe it does make me, and I tell you what it does make you. It makes us a special people. Special not because of who we are, but special because of whose we are. Because my Bible said, flowing from the gracious lips of the Savior, if you love me, you will what? If you love me, you will keep my commandments. And is the fourth seal a part of God's commandments? It is. And my brothers and sisters, you and I are special not because of who we are, but special because of whose we are. And through the Sabbath, we can be reminded of Isaiah chapter 56. Isaiah chapter 56 and verses one and two. "Thus saith the Lord, keep you justice, a judgment, and do justice." And as if someone is about to ask, well, Lord, why do we need to keep judgment? Why do we need to do justice? Heavenly Father responds, for my salvation is near to come and my righteousness to be revealed. Now, let me ask you a question before I continue reading. And you don't have to raise your hands, but how many of you really desire to be blessed by God? Isn't that your desire? I believe it is. I believe if I asked you to raise your hand, every hand would have been extended upward. Look at it. Blessed is the man. Blessed is the woman. Blessed is the young person that doeth this, and the son of man that layeth hold to it. And so the question I'm asking of myself, and the question I'm asking of you is this. What is the this? What is the it? May I read it again? Blessed is the man that doeth this, and the Son of Man that layeth hold to it. What is the this? What is the it? Look at it. That keepeth what? One more time, what? One more time, what? That keepeth the Sabbath from polluting it, and keepeth his hand from doing any evil. (laughs) My brothers and sisters, God said if you and I will do this, we will be blessed. (laughs) And I don't know about you, but I am a candidate for more of the blessings of God. (laughs) I do not have enough of God's blessings. I want more and more and more not out of a selfish motivation but the more I allow God to bless me the more it vindicates the name and character of Father God because that's his desire and delight for all of us and praise God for what we have been taught about the Sabbath I became a Christian in 1964 at the age of 15, I started preaching just a few months later. In a few weeks, I will celebrate 54 years of preaching. I served in the Pentecostal world for 18 years as a pastor, an evangelist, a revivalist, and an administrator. For 10 years, I studied the teachings of the Seventy Adventist Christian Church, trying to prove this church wrong. But in 1982, on July the 17th, in just a few days, I will celebrate my 36th anniversary of being a Seventy Adventist Christian. On July the 17th, 1982, I was baptized And I came to understand greater than ever before how important the Sabbath is in my life. Because every Sabbath day, I experience a 24-hour vacation. Are you listening to me? Every Sabbath, I experience a 24-hour vacation and I am glad for what I have learned and I have been taught about the Sabbath. And my desire is to abound more and more with thanksgiving and what I have been taught. And I believe that is your desire as well. God wants us to be a root concerned people So that we can become more of a fruit-bearing people that we're going to look at next Sabbath. Father God, thank you for men and women and young people down to the ages who have sunk their roots deep in your word. Thank you for men and women and young people down to the ages who have listened to your sweet Holy Spirit and allowed truth to become the foundation of their life and living. And Father, we're offering ourselves as candidates right now to become more joyful, to become more of an abounding entity in what we have been taught. Oh, Father, assist us through your word and spirit to go deep in Jesus, to go deep in the sanctuary, to go deep in the Sabbath, so that when the time of shaking comes that we are facing soon, we indeed will stand and stand and stand. In Jesus' name we pray and give you praise, and all the Lord's children said, Amen.